Welcome to episode 4 of Chasing Geeks Season 4. I am your host Nina Voa and typically with me is Pint Size Ginger, but this week is going to be a little different. I'm riding solo. Riding solo. I'm riding solo. Sorry. Damn it. I can't stop doing that. I don't know why. Every time I say that. It doesn't matter. Whatever. It was the Jason Derulo plug, I guess. So yeah, Derulo wants to throw me money. Cool. I don't know why he would throw me money. <laughs> Anyway, he's doing perfectly fine on so. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about E3. We're going to talk about some of our favorite things, our not-so-favorite things, and the things that didn't bother to show up at all. Uh, and while she won't be with us to actually talk about them this week, I do have her picks for those. So we are going to touch on those, uh, kind of go into a little bit of, you know, what she didn't like, what she did. And then next week, uh, she'll be back, and so we can kind of elaborate on some of those points if I didn't do a great job, which... I'm hoping I do. I'm hoping I do okay. I'm going to call it right now. I figure we're going to talk about more than Nintendo-specific things next week because my Nintendo knowledge is vastly uh, inferior to hers. So we'll probably flesh some of that out once we get into next week. But for this week, we got a ton to talk about, so let's just get started. And the let's, let's start with the good stuff. We're going to start with the positive. We'll hit the negative later. So I'm going to start with mine. Uh, I had a couple of moments of sheer uh, nerding out. Um, what I figure we'll do is we can actually talk about, um, I'll just ramble a little bit about my picks for games. Um, and then I'll actually talk about, I can talk a little bit about the conferences. Now I myself was not at E3. Um, we had a team uh, from comic book from uh, WWG. We had a, our, our gaming team was all over there covering the snot out of it. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, so, you know, they were on hand to cover it. So don't need me. But uh, still, now that all the conferences are live, it's kind of easier to still get a feel for uh, how they handle things and where the studio is from afar. You know, you don't have to necessarily be there anymore to kind of get that picture. So, uh, but first... I have to start with this, and if you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw me completely nerding out. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 has been on my, I mean, it's been on my want list along with a very vocal uh, following of fans ever since the first one dropped and just uh, stunned with its uh, just delightful world and lovely endearing characters, an amazing lead, a freaking talking pig, and uh, solid gameplay that, you know, kind of fit that action-adventure mold, but in, like, a cool, like, like the, the world was so different, but it also featured stealth gameplay. It's one of those games that when you try to explain to people why you liked it, like, you can't, like, it's not like you can just say, oh, there's one thing, like, like, God of War, people can say, you know, oh my god, it's just like, it's a story about, you know, a father and a son, and it's this amazing journey, and the combat's awesome, and isn't that... When you describe, like, Beyond Good and Evil, there's so many, like, little... Like, there's not this one, like, giant thing of that defined it. Like, that defined why it was good. Like, it was just a really good game, and there was so many little parts that added up to an amazing whole... But it's, it's hard to summarize. Like, it's hard to, to, without going into, like, four paragraphs. Like, like fitting it all to one tweet was, like, super hard. So I didn't even, like, I tried because a coworker 
because <laughs> a coworker had the audacity to uh, not show as much uh, enthusiasm as I. So then I, of course, had to go into a soliloquy about why Beyond Good and Evil is too. I apologize, Jamie. I apologize. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but like trying to sum up, sum it up in that was kind of hard, and it was still I still had to be vague. Needless to say, I've been excited. And this game has been, like, the definition of Backburner should have a picture of Beyond Good and Evil 2. Like, this game has been, like, uh, Michael Lancel, uh, kind of the, the original game's, you know, creator and kind of part of the creative vision of it. Uh, you know, has been making Rayman games, has been making other stuff. Essentially, he's been making the profitable stuff because Beyond Good and Evil, the first one was not... Uh, was not a system seller. It was it was barely you know barely registered on the uh, uh, on the charts so to speak for sales. So and, and, and crazily enough, it came out on. I mean, you can find a, a copy of that game now, whether it's digital, uh, like 360, and now uh, even like the newer consoles. I might have it backwards compatible. Uh, not PS4, of course, but uh, Xbox One. I don't know if it does or not. Um, but I know, like, on the 360, you know, you could get, like, the in the PS3, you could get, like, the HD remakes of it, uh, which I played and were actually fantastic, uh, did such a great job, um, and then you can, you know, get it on the GameCube, you can get it on the PS2, like, there was a lot of ways to play it, and, like, ten people did, so, um, to say I'm excited for this is, would be a serious understatement. Also, the fact that this trailer, the, the previous trailer we had seen... Um, was very, uh, was very abstract as far as, like, really relating to the original, right? You met this monkey character, and you met, like, oh, hey, there's, there's, like, a pig, and, oh, he kind of look, you know what I mean? Like, you, you see things, like, is that page? Is that not? And then you kind of see the world, and, like, they describe it's kind of, like, this pirate-ish, you know, like, the ship is kind of, like, it, it was very, um, it was, it was very, like, you know, sailing the season like high tech, you know, like all this other stuff, right? In space. And it was like, okay, that's that's kind of cool. But you didn't see any of those like it looked gorgeous, but you didn't see any of those like hallmarks of the original. It was hard to really draw any kind of line from between one and the other. And in this one, now I watched the uh the Ubisoft um pre E3 uh, conference when they showed like it, where they focused on Beyond and Evil 2 and they actually showed like some footage and you know it was it was essentially like a lot of concept art a lot of talking about the game as far as like scope and and what you can do in it and all these other things and then they showed footage and I was like oh my god the footage like like it looked it looked a little rough but it looked like okay I kind of see like what they're what they're doing like it looked like it looked like it's in development right but it didn't look like alpha or anything but it looked in development and it looked like okay that's promising like that's cool right and then they started to talk about the worlds like oh my god like all these different things the only bummer for me at the original announcement was that it was a prequel I of course would love a sequel but still being in this world any excuse to be back in this world I'll take right so in this trailer, which was just gorgeous, this trailer is absolutely gorgeous. That that team is impressive as hell. So um, they show this trailer. It's Paige, right? So they actually say like, "Oh, it's Paige, and he's cooking, right?" And it's like, but the difference was this one was was just as pretty, if not prettier, than the last one. The last one was really pretty, but this one you 
you got enough of a, a look at like and even up until before the last like moment of the trailer which i'll get to in a minute because i i nerded out hardcore uh but even before that when you're you know they're they're talking between the pilot and talking between the people on the ship and they're back and forth and there's this it was this sense of um there was this kind of familial sense between them all and and it reminded me like it it felt like natural to the world that beyond good and evil the original introduced us to it felt like it felt connected even though they weren't talking about plot specific things or you know anything like that and they weren't overt in their references it still felt like you could you watch that trailer and it was like oh this feels this feels right this feels like it's part of it I don't know where it falls. I don't know what's going on in the world beneath them. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, there's a lot of questions. And the the links are more subtle. But, you know, it still feels like part of the world. And then we get to the end, right? And then it's like, holy crap. Why is Jade boarding the ship? Oh, my God, Jade's back. All right? Because you see all these things, like, in her past. Because she's not the Jade that you meet in the first one. Lost my damn mind. Right? And it was... Be, before Jade, it was good. It was a great trailer before Jade. But then Jade hits and gives you that overt connection. And you're like, oh my god. Because, you know, you already have Paige, but it's different when you see the lead, right? So, uh, I I was in. I loved these characters. I was a little perturbed. <laughs> a little perturbed. Uh, at some of the negativity... Uh, that I saw as far as like, okay, because we live in such a cynical place right now, especially on social media. Like, can we just have something nice? Like, they got that shit all over. I don't know. I got just, I see these people and they're like, you know, oh my God, it's never going to happen. That's not a game. That's not, that's, that's so, like, that's never going to like, I, why do, do you have to like, I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that says, look, if you saw it and it wasn't for you, cool. That's fine. There's, we're going to get to one about when, uh, as far as I go, and something I was actually really excited about. We're going to talk about where it didn't fall for me either. So it's not like I'm a blip, like I'm immune to that. Like I, I understand not digging something. I understand saying, like, you know, I don't know about that one. Like, I'll have to test it when it comes out or whatever. I totally get that. But to say that, like, it's not going to ever happen, to make, like, stupid like just just like that's so that's so trollish like to say like it's never gonna happen and that's never a game it's so trollish i don't know that that falls into that very like like tropey like gamers curmudgeon it's like shut the fuck up and just enjoy what was there the moment that i mean of course just made me so happy was that hilarious little moment when they're leaving the stage and the developer's like, oh my god, we, you know, we nailed it, whatever, like, that's so... Because at the end of the day, these people are human. These people that make these teams, there's a lot of them. And they're human. And they're making something that they are excited about. And, like, you know, just to, I don't know. It, there was just a, a little bit of a... little wave of cynicism that can just rightly go, you know... <laughs> can go away. I was, I'm going to say it. Uh, other than that, though... Then there was also a closed demo uh, at the show that showed significant gameplay, actually showed co-op. And I'm so happy for that. Co-op is something that, you know, wasn't in the original. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. 
I love the the world they've created. Um, sounds amazing. I cannot wait to see that footage for myself because I mean I was not there. So hopefully soon they'll release that and we'll actually get a, a really good look at what this is. Now this game is is going to be a little further out. I imagine. I would imagine this is a 2020 release. If it's in 2019, I'd be very happy. I mean, I, I want it now, So, but I want it when it's ready. So this game still feels like it's a 2020, maybe even 2021. I don't think it's 2021. I, I tend to be a little less, uh, I tend to be a little bit more optimistic when it comes to that stuff. So I'll say 2020. I think that's when it's gonna come out, but um, could not be more excited. I This is a real game. For those people who think it's not, whatever. <laughs> this is a real game, and I cannot wait to play it. Oh my god, I'm losing my mind. Alright, uh, second for me, second thing was a um, was Gears. Uh, Gears 5, actually, one of the... Uh, uh. See, now, now, here's the thing. So I just went on a, like a whole rampage about <laughs> being, <laughs> being cynical. And I was about to say something that was just cynical for the hell of being cynical. You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to fall into the trap. I'm not going to do it. Um, We'll get to it as an issue later. There is something I, I, I will end up talking about when it comes to Xbox. Uh, but for now, that's not what this is about. So we're going to talk about the good thing, right? Gears 5, stoked. Now, also, as a side note to this, uh, I am a, like, Funko Pop addict. So anything with their name on it, I'm gonna at least look at. And gears pop, right? I don't even know what it is. It could be a, it could be a, you know. I mean, I don't even know what that. It could be a puzzler. It could be a, a, you know, a Running Man game. It could be uh, who knows, right? I'm probably gonna download it because it's pop and it's Funko and um and it's gears. It's like two of my favorite things collided. I'll do it. I'll, I'll play it. I will download. They'll get one download. They'll get way more than that, by the way. But they'll get at least one download from me. But Gears Five was the big thing about this. Uh, was the big thing as part of this um, reveal, right? Because they also revealed Gears of War Tactics, which actually sounds kind of cool. Um, personally, I would kind of like more. Uh, I like the whole like you know essentially they're making like a Gears version of like Halo Wars or Command and Conquer or whatever. I'm cool with that. Um, I would more like, and for those, I don't know if you remember, uh, the Zakudin franchise had a uh, tactics game later in, like, I think it was, oh, geez, was that 360 cycle, I think? It's like 360 PS3 cycle. I don't think it was any further than that, yeah. So they had Zakudin tactics, and it was essentially like an offshoot from one of the other games, so, like, use those characters. And... That's fun. Like, like turn-based strategic RPG using the Gears characters, I'd be more excited, you know? Like, actually getting to control, like, Marcus Baird, like, the, and make it, you know, the new and the original crew, right? Make it set in the current universe. That's fine. But bring some of those characters back, you know? I want to I wanna actually play with, like, Carmine and, and Barrett and all those. And make it, like, a turn-based strategy game with characters in that universe you know tickers and locusts and all that cool like make i would be probably more interested in that than oh hey here's a you know like i tend to like the games that are more 
they're closer up. Like, they're a little more focused on, like, the melee battles as opposed to, like, the grand battles of, oh, I'll send this Legion over here. Even though I was a big Star uh, StarCraft fan in the day, which is exactly that, right? But uh, I think that phase kind of passed for me. Like, I just don't really play them anymore. So, I mean, nothing against them. I just, I would probably be more excited about that if it was a, you know, closer up. Uh, and we'll, and we'll talk about, <laughs> I got, I have thoughts too on another game that's kind of like, well, we'll talk about it later. So, um, Gears 5, I'm excited. To me, um, I don't own an Xbox One. I own a PS4 and I'm debating on whether to buy another console. And of course, the two options right now are Switch and Xbox One. And this is the game, if I'm going to buy an Xbox One, it's going to be for this. Because I'm a Gears, I'm a longtime Gears fan Gears 4 is the only one I've missed, but that's because I don't own an Xbox One. And honestly, when Gears 4 released, that was the only reason I was kind of swaying towards that side to go ahead and buy one. Because, I mean, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time on my hands, so to have to play the games I have on my one console, nonetheless have two, you know, like time doesn't exactly permit... Um, which, again, kind of sides that over to the Switch. But in any case, I'm excited for Gears 5. I, I love that they're making, uh, you know, giving the female member of the team, Kate. I'm excited that they're giving her kind of the focus. Because uh, JD is not, you know, from what I've read and the footage I've seen from Gears 4. Janie's not Marcus, Right. And, and even Marcus struggled sometimes, especially, like, through the first one. But you still, like, there was still something that pulled you towards Marcus. You you cared. And JD doesn't really have that. Um, at least, now again, since so is saying some of this from, I'm sure, ignorance, because I'm sure he has his redeeming moments. But I'm just saying that, from what I've seen, that, that magnetism, so to speak, that charisma... <laughs> Marcus doesn't really have charisma. <laughs> I mean, he does in the later games. But, like, it's not quite the same. So, the fact that they're kind of kind of switch and give someone else a chance to run with the ball, they're bringing Marcus in from the beginning, it looks like, as opposed to towards the end, like in 4. So, those are all great things. The game looks gorgeous. Um, it, it just really captivated me. I remember watching the Gears 4 trailer when it debuted at E3. And I wasn't... I wasn't nearly as captivated by that trailer as I was this one. And it, there's just something to, like, you know, the kind of central mystery of this. You know, her past. How it has to, like... And, and some of that, like, when the humans live with the locusts. Like, that, that back lore is, is more interesting than what they showed with, like, the natural things of, like, when they showed Gears 4, and it was like, oh, that's Marcus the Sun. Like, th there were obvious things, and they were and they were kind of setting the foundation, but it wasn't necessarily as interesting overall as what they've presented here. So I'm very excited. The multiplayer will be fantastic, because it always is. Um, I'm interested to see what they'll introduce here. You know, uh, Gears 4 kind of had, you know, they introduced, like, those lightning strikes, um, and those kind of parts of gameplay where you had to avoid those, and they introduced some of that stuff there. I'm interested to see what they do here. Uh, of course, they're going to, I'm sure, do new weapons and things like that. So that's that's really interesting. Uh, my third, I got to say, um, 
I got, and it's hard because I actually have two here. <laughs> I have two on the list, and uh, I think I think I'm gonna go with Tomb Raider, and it's and it's only really because I'm I'm playing catch up right now, and uh, I'm I'm a I'm a Tomb Raider fan, um, due to time and due to just getting around the stuff, I I didn't and I didn't own an Xbox One, so I had a year wait before I could play Rise. And then on top of that, then it was like, oh, it came out, and then it was like other stuff to play, and time was small, so I was like, okay, well, I, I, I'll get to it at some point. So finally getting to it, playing through it now, actually, it's fantastic. I have so many great things to say about it, right? Shadow of the Tomb Raider really brings us into that final chapter of delivering the lore that we know from before. The, you know, now granted that like, those games don't exist in this universe. It's a complete reboot. But just to the point of, like, the lore we were we were introduced to in those first several Tomb Raiders, right? This confident, knows her, her skill set has been built up over time. She's already at that point. And now this Laura is finally kind of entering that phase, right? I cannot be... That, that trailer was great. I am so excited for this. Uh, Crystal Dynamics has knocked it out of the park with every iteration. Uh, this game somehow looks even prettier. I don't know how that's possible. Um, and if they can just continue to... One of the things... One of the biggest jumps from the first Tomb Raider reboot to this one, uh, to Rise, was just how full... Like, how much they added to the world in those kind of in those environments so in the first one you know you had a you had a couple of tombs and those were like the bright spots and you had a couple things to do here and there in this one there's they found that perfect balance between just enough to take you off the beaten path but they never like you never feel it's not like old assassin's creed where you just feel inundated with crap on your map like it's never you never feel that way like it's that perfect balance between there's a lot to do but Actually completing it remains fun throughout the duration. You never get to that point where you're like, oh my gosh, why are there 90 things on my map? Like, why are there 90 flashing icons? I don't need that much. Like, I'm never going to hit all that. I don't have time for that. And, and Tomb Raider does that really well. So I'll be interested to see. I hope they can maintain that balance while still adding new things and to do in that world. Uh, I, I want new things. I, I want more but in a in a weird way i want to make sure that they retain that level of it's never too much it, it's still manageable still you can still take it on and be like oh i completed this whole year. and there's a and there's a nice satisfaction to that but it actually feels doable and i hope they keep that okay uh real quick honorable mentions uh dragon quest looked gorgeous i love that art style and, you know, there's a part of me that's really been missing a traditional JRPG. I've played a lot of Western RPGs over the last year or two, and I love them. I absolutely love them. Uh, you will not find, like, a Witcher 3 is, is fantastic, right? I mean, there's so much to love about those types of games. But there's a part of me that just will always adore jrpgs and i need one at least once a year <laughs> like i have to get that fix i thought persona would do that for me and it kind of let me down 
uh, Persona 5 just I've I've hit a, a wall and it's sadly pretty early on but I'm just like at, that game is so slowly paced I just can't I, I just, I'm, I'd rather spend my time with something else that I don't get bored with so yeah, that's it's gonna sit there for a while. Um, but Dragon Quest, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, holy crap, that looked absolutely amazing. Uh, Anthem had a really nice showing, and w there was a little bit of a negative uh, aspect to that, but I'll talk about that later because uh, we are being positive right now. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man looked incredible. I I loved the new designs for the villains. Um, I wasn't crazy about like. Actually, no, it wasn't, there wasn't anything that bad. I mean, like, I wasn't crazy about Electros, but, but it still looked good. Like, it still looked good. I loved Rhino. Like, I loved what they did with Rhino. I loved the amount of classic villains. I know people got their hands on it. And, of course, there was a Shocker fight in there. I hope it's old school. Like, not old. It doesn't have to be old school like he's dressed in a quilt Shocker. But I want some of those. Like, I want a nod. I at least want the red and yellow color scheme. Like, at least give me that. Um, and then Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which... I gotta say, I am surprised that they went back to the one-year model so quickly, but Origins was excellent. Like, Origins really surprised me. I, I'm a Assassin's Creed fan, so it's not like I was against, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was in the, I needed an Assassin's Creed when Origins came out. So it wasn't like I was like, no, no more Assassin's Creed. But at the end of the day, I was still pleasantly surprised by how, how, how much they overhauled that game and the mechanics and and the engine so i was very happy for that so odyssey and ancient greece like sign me up for selena we have let's go pikachu and eevee uh those two games were announced and pokeball plus which they actually showed off uh in a lot of nintendo's footage when they were playing the game they actually switched at one point uh i gotta say it's one of those things you see in action and you go, how the hell did no one think of this before? Like, how has this not been a thing? Like, all these years. Like, Pokemon's been popular for how long and how has this not been a thing? Pretty, pretty ingenious and, and that thing's going to sell like crazy, right, when it comes out. Uh, I actually saw a lot of the footage from Let's Go and I got to say, I'm, I'm, I think I might end up, like, if I end up getting a Switch, which looks very uh, possible right now. I might pick up one, and I haven't picked up a Pokemon game ever, <laughs> like ever. So the fact that I this looked, you know, the things I used to see in footage from Pokemon games, like oh that looks charming and that looks whatever, but now the with the Go gameplay and the more, you know, it it like it brings it all together in a really nice package. And the graphics are colorful, and now that you can take that thing with you, and it, it's, just, it's like everything just came together in this, I think, and I might pick this, this might be my first Pokemon game. So, uh, pretty, pretty excited about that. Uh, Super Mario Party, which, I gotta say, I thought the Super Mario Party games, like, or the Mario Party games, kind of had a bad rep. Like, they, you bring, like, it's one of those things that, like, no one ever wants to admit they play <laughs> I love them when I go over to people's houses. Like, I've never been, like, a real, like... I, I've never had a ton of Nintendo consoles. Like, I had a GameCube. Like, and in the new, kind of the more recent era, like, that was it. Like, I had a GameCube. <laughs> that was the last one I really owned. So, 
you know, like, I would go over to people's houses, and you always like, oh, let's play Mario Party. And But it feels like that game has, like, this really, you know, bad stigma to it. But yet, everyone has it, and at some point, everyone's played it, right? And this one looked really fun. Like, this one brings back all the minigames. I was excited about that. Uh, Unravel 2 was also uh, on Pine Size's pick. And I gotta say, I second this. Uh, the fact that we're getting a second one, the fact that... Uh, it looks just as charming, and I, I love the visual uh, style of these characters, and now that they're kind of, like, it, it's just so, there's just something so charming about it. So, uh, couldn't be more excited that, you know, that world is coming back, and those characters coming back, and I'm kind of interested. I hope uh, next week we can kind of go more into it, because I never played the first one, so I know she has, so I'm... I love the look of it. It was one of those things, right? Like, <laughs> I love the look of things. Like, I love the look of, like, Brothers. Always wanted to play that, and I never got around to it. So, this is another one of those things, like, this is kind of in my uh, backlog of things I always want to get to, and I never do. So, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to play this one. But in any case, I want to hear what she says about that. Uh, honorable mention for Pint Size is Ghost Giant. Um which is a VR game, which I cannot, I, I know nothing about this game. <laughs> so, and we all kind of know where I stand on VR. So I hope that she can, uh, I am interested to hear about this next week. Um, also Kingdom Hearts 3, of course, because Kingdom Hearts 3 looked so, so good. And oh my God, a frozen world is freaking Olaf. I know, I'm like, there's a lot of people that like Olaf, right? You, if you go on Twitter, and, well, like, when that was announced, right, or not even announced, because that trailer was actually released previously, uh, but, like, when that trailer hits and, like, they talk about the Frozen World, like, if you would just look at Twitter, you would be, you would have the impression that, like, no one likes Frozen. Like, <laughs> it feels that way. Like, it feels like no one likes it, but, but a lot of people do, and I include myself in that. So, yeah, excited about that. Uh, Last of Us 2, which actually followed up with... I mean, that, their, their last trailer at the previous D3 was, woof, like, wow, holy cow, that was brutal. So to go to this is a much better, to, to me, this was a much better showing for the game. This game's going to be phenomenal, okay? If you've played the first one, I, I am one of those people I will trust Naughty Dog to pretty much do anything. But I will say that this was a much better trailer and showing than the last footage they showed. It's just focused on the brutality. And while that is a part of the world, the real thing that makes that game work is the core relationship between Joel and Ellie. And now it looks like Naughty Dog is going to take some of the things we learned in the Left Behind DLC and kind of bring Ellie not her relationships and her journey is not going to just revolve around Joel and that's exciting like that's that's the interesting stuff it's the humanity and it balances out the world and when you don't have one or the other it it doesn't make as great an impression so i i trust that they're going to knock this out of the park the first one was excellent, so I am just happy, though, that they 
kind of rain that focus in so can't be more excited for that also death stranding which is uh pint size's last honorable mention which okay and and this is also on this was actually in mine as well at one point and i and i took it out but it i actually did this on twitter i was like kojima has an ability to throw such weird curveballs at you like his games no other no other creator makes me what the fuck harder like it like it's just, like it's the, the his game his trailers are complete wtf moments no other creator to me has that ability sealed up as much as he does like there's just like and, and other creators do it and not that's not like it shouldn't be taken as like a negative towards any other creator or anything because there are some weird there's some weird stuff out there and 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 creators uh have put together some trailers and some footage that leaves you just like huh like your jaw's just on the floor but but his are so like there's so much weird crap going on in this in this trailer but there was gameplay and it felt like a game and that's that makes me happy it looks like it's a you know it looks like it has some of those same tenets from the metal gear franchise as far as you know some kind of weird technology uh in this world um the protagonist is kind of you know this loner you know uh it's, it's so but okay well getting away from that it looks like it has stealth gameplay because at one point He's moving through the world, and those, like, ghost-slash-spirit things are just all over the place. And he has that weird little antenna that pops out that is, like, scanning, and you can see them kind of... You know, I want to know more about that. I want to know more about the core mechanics. You know, essentially, he is, like, a courier. There are parts of that... Here's the thing. That trailer... I left and said, I want to see more. Like, he got me. Like, he, success. He hooked me. This was a game I really gave no shits about. <laughs> like, I could care less. He hooked me. I want to see more. However, there is a thing of, like, that gameplay. Like, not the gameplay moving in the world and, like, scanning. and Because that was kind of right towards the end of the trailer. And then, of course, we got, like, weird after-trailer credit cuts of a lady eating a grub that's okay again the sheer wtf factor of like that's kojima right because because it's weird stuff i remember in every metal gear solid there's weird stuff that happens it's just part of the thing with him but the the rest of the gameplay in there looked pretty but he's literally just walking and the most interesting thing about it i mean once you get past like oh wow this is a really pretty game vistas are interesting you know there's a lot of green out there right this is interesting but then once you get past that you're like he's just walking he's just like walking from place to place it's all that's there you don't see any other enemies you don't really see any other people other than the cutscene. he's got like his little robot buddies behind him but they're not really like they seem like they're little drones that just hold other things it's weird it's weird and if that's the game this is like moving from point a to point b at a lot of nothing happens and then like you get these big moments that's gonna be a really boring game so i hope that i i'm not even hope i'm excited to see more i will hold 
judgment until I see more. But, you know, I, I did leave with that, like, that's pretty. It looks boring, but that's pretty. Cool. Way to go. He sold me on it. So, uh, all right. Well, we had to get to here sooner or later. So we're going to get to the disappointments. Now, <laughs> I, I went on the whole stupid thing about, like, not being cynical. And I'm not being cynical. But I also did say that, you know, it's okay to have your, like, your own opinion about something that is just not your jam. So what I'm going to say is something, leading into this, I was very excited for Cyberpunk. It's CD Projekt Red. You had me at CD Projekt Red. I'm happy. I like steampunk games. As far as, like, that setting, that visual style. I'm a huge fan of the Shadowrun games. They're, like, some of my favorite I love that world. Like, that world is gorgeous. And I love the world of runners and, like, all... Like, there's so much cool stuff about that setting. So when CD Projekt Red was going to hop onto it and do it, I'm all for that, right? It was so happy. Over the moon. Because, essentially, in my mind, we're getting Witcher 3 and Shadowrun had a baby. And that's what we're getting. We're getting... <laughs> that's what we're getting, right? That's, in my mind... So the footage, the trailer pops up. The trailer's good. The trailer is good. Like it's a good trailer. Um, it's it's a it looks like a really pretty world. Wasn't necessarily blown away by the graphics, but it's still really pretty. Like it's it's not it's not a bad trailer. So so that's that's what I want to say. <laughs> I want to say first, it's not a bad trailer at all. And I'm still going to give it a shot because it's at the end of the day, it's CD Projekt Red, and. You know, even on games that they make that, you know, like Witcher 2 was not nearly the masterpiece that Witcher 3 was. But I still really enjoyed a lot of parts of Witcher 2. Witcher 1, you know, you can see the foundation for certain things. But that's a very, in a lot of ways, it's a very different game than those other ones kind of went on to be. But I'm still going to give it a chance because it's them. I'm sure there's going to be some amazing... One of the things CD Projekt Red does really well is, like, not every character lands, you know? Because that's almost impossible. Like, it's... There's so many characters in these worlds, and these worlds are huge, that, you know, not every interaction with someone is going to land. Like, Witcher 3, you know? There are some that disappoint, right? But overall, there's just so... There's so many, like, great little characters that you'll meet along the way that, you know, don't necessarily make it into the end game as far as like their relevance to the plot but they're they're memorable and and they're there's a lot of really cool interesting layers to that interaction and and you learn so many cool things and there's great conversations that's going to be in this game right i have no doubt but there was something very bland <laughs> about the footage and i guess it was like none of those characters leaped off the screen to me it looked very like, and I even, I think I said this on Twitter, like, one of the things I left after watching that, all I wanted to do was, like, boot up a Shadowrun game. Like, that's all I wanted is when I, like, you know what, let me boot up Steam and let me go play, you know, Shadowrun Hong Kong or, you know, what like, whatever. Like, it felt like I wanted to be in that world, but that, for some reason, that didn't grab me. Like, their version of it looked, okay, it's fine. It looks, it looks fine. You know, main character, I'm not getting crazy caught up in that only because, you know, you can create your own. And so you can pick, you know, you can pick female or male. So, you know, it's not like, and I imagine you're going to be able to tweak certain things. 
So, you know, you're going to kind of make it a little bit of your own. So that's, it's not like, you know, uh, it's not like Geralt, like where you're just stuck with one particular protagonist. So you're going to be able to change it a little bit. So that's fine. Uh, one of the big things, though, was not shown in the footage, which really knocked me down a peg as far as enthusiasm goes. And it's first person. Now, I say this now. Um, there's nothing wrong with first person. First person, because I know, like, like that, that sometimes is like, oh, well, you know, what the hell's wrong with first person? There's nothing. I enjoy playing Halo. Uh, I enjoy playing Halo. <laughs> I was trying to think of another game that was first person. Okay, I got two. I, I, I enjoy playing Halo, and I enjoyed playing Mirror's Edge. And Overwatch was fun. There you go, three. I got three. So, th there it is. Uh, I am not a first-person guy. And it, and it has nothing to do with something that first-person does wrong. It is, like, it's not. like So, it shouldn't be taken as, like, a, an attack. What it should be taken, though, as is I prefer third-person games because I feel more invested as part of the world. And it, I know, ideally, the whole idea behind first-person is actually to do just that. It's supposed to make you feel as if you are looking through your eyes directly at the world without a avatar standing in between you and the world to take you out of it. Unfortunately, for me, it's the opposite. And, and I'm not alone in that because there are a lot of people that actually feel the same way. That third person, ironically, having an, a person, a, an avatar in between you and the world that you are interfacing with or interacting with, actually makes me feel more a part of it because I can see around, I can flip the camera and see what's around my person. And, and that person never, again, never feels like I'm controlling them. It actually feels like, oh, this is me in this world. And so when I turn the camera around, I'm like, oh, this is all the things I see. I'm interacting with this world through, like, this is me. I never feel that disconnect of this is, you know, my person, like, I'm controlling this thing in the world to interact. I never see it that way. And there's a lot of people that don't. Third person is very, I, I'm invested. Dragon Age Inquisition was, is one of my favorite games. Never had a problem. And I played through that game several times each with a different class and each with a different type of character that I created. And I still felt as invested all three times and in different ways because of the way the character looked or the, or the backstory I picked because it interacts with the world a different way. So I never, it never robbed me, right? In first person, it makes me feel disconnected. I, I do not feel like I am part of the world. I feel like I am a faceless <laughs> like I feel like I am a featureless drone. That's all I feel like. It is like controlling a camera. All I feel like is I'm controlling a drone. I do not feel part of the world. I do not feel. And yes, that is weird. It might be weird. Some people look at it as weird. But there was a point of oh, I don't want to play that now. I and there was a part of me that really doesn't anymore. Like I'm the, my interest level has dropped significantly. Because of that. And it's not like they should change it. They should do whatever game they so choose. Like, if that's the decision they made, and they, they made it for the betterment of the game, I'm sure there's design reasons that they made that choice. It's also a shooter. Now, it's not like, you know, not like Doom, but it's a it's a shooter. I mean, it's like, you know, just like Mass Effect and some of those other 
RPGs and you know uh, integrate shooting elements, heavy shooting elements. Uh, the one that sticks out in my mind is Deuce X, and I remember playing that game, the most recent one, and it's gorgeous. And there's so much to like about that world, and the fact that it is first person just takes me out of it every single time, and it makes me feel like. I could be playing this. You could swap this out with Call of Duty, and I would not feel any more connect. Now, I actually enjoy the Call of Duty story modes. <laughs> Ironically, so it's not like I'm against first person in every setting. I just, when it comes to RPGs, and it comes to feeling like, RPGs, it's so important to feel invested and to feel part of the world. That when it comes to those, and it's first person, it takes me out. That's why I like Skyrim. Like none of those Bethesda RPGs are ever my jam. And it's nothing against them. Fallouts are great. I've tried to get, like, Fallout 3 was probably the one I gave the most time to. And it was interesting. There were some interesting things to that. But at the end of the day, it does not keep my attention. I will play five... <laughs> J I will play. I will play five third-person JRPGs longer than I will play one of those and it's and that's a huge part of it because rpgs unlike other games like there are other games like halo it's like shooters shooters in general i don't it's i don't have to feel so tethered to the world for it to make it there like for me to stick with it and, and have fun with the gunplay and stuff you know overwatch right you're just you know you're just in this world you're playing a match like you're, you're not you're not really like having to sell yourself on like, well, why is this here and what's the lore? And I don't know. Like you don't have to sell yourself. You're just playing. And in and in this one though, in RPGs, it's critical. Like that's such a critical part for you to want to spend eighty to hundred hours doing all this random crap. <laughs> because you're invested, and and third person is a big part of that. So, needless to say, my enthusiasm really dropped for this. Now it's still going to be a great game, I'm sure. Um. But, yeah, there's a big part of me that's like, I, I came out really underwhelmed. And, uh, you know, this game's a shooter, and they're going to do a lot of cool, you know, abilities based around that. So, you know, it kind of does make sense that it would be first person. Um, there's plenty of third person shooters that are also good. But, um, you know, Gears, we just talked about for one. And that's also, again, why I one of the things that sticks out to me about that series is it is a third person shooter. I like cover mechanics. Like, like there's just a lot that goes into that. But anyway... So, I was bummed. I was bummed about that, that it fell so hard. Uh, Square Enix, uh, while we're talking about things that disappointed me, <laughs> at least, here's the difference. At least Cyberpunk <laughs> showed up and had a trailer and, like, I actually reacted to things I saw. Square Enix just didn't show anything, and the stuff they did show was just rehashed stuff from before. And the two things they revealed were so... At, like abstractly like they essentially gave a title and some art and then the other one which was the quiet man that looked rough not like I, the premise is i guess interesting like the premise is interesting maybe but the graphics looked rough on that like not like not like um like not like oh it's alpha rough like it's not like it looked like it needed a couple passes before being put out into the world it looked like old console rough like it looked like it was being developed on a ps3 <laughs> and i was like oof that's that's not good that's not good but no final fantasy 7 remake nothing about uh anything additional 
as far as Kingdom Hearts. Now, I will give them credit. They did give us a release date beforehand. That was not at their E3 presser. They gave us a release date before in that trailer when they released it before. So, nothing additional to Kingdom Hearts. Nothing on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nothing on the Marvel titles and the Avengers game that they're working on. Nada. Zilcho. Very sad. That was that was kind of sad, Square. Crap, I would have taken a Bouncer sequel. <laughs> no, okay, it's crap. I don't want to take a Bouncer sequel. No, no, no. We're good. No, we don't need one of those. But still, something. And then the one you do show is such a, such a passion. It was not good. So, the only positive was that it literally lasted like 10 minutes. It was over in a blink of an eye. So, there you go. It was brief. That's, that's one uh, highlight. After that, there was another game that uh, I was very excited to see before we went in, and that was Anthem. And they showed that during EA's press conference. And I... Uh, there's a lot to love. Like, I was really happy with their showing. I was really excited about seeing more of the world. It's gorgeous. But also, the gameplay looks like it's going to be something you can really sink your teeth into. A lot of people have tried to get me to play Destiny. And again, here we go, right? That's <laughs> one of those things, right? Uh, it's that first-person thing. And the fact that you're going to be able to, you know, you see your suit, right? And you're essentially, I heard uh, What's Good Games described it as essentially like, oh, you get to pick your Iron Man suit. And that's really what it is. There's going to be some really fleshed out characters, Bioware characters, when done right. Liam. <laughs> Have you played Andromeda? Liam, Liam is sad. Like, Liam is like... And there's always, like, in, there's, in every Bioware game, there's typically one character that is, just feels like they had to fill out the slot and they were on a time crunch. Like, there's always one that feels like that. And Liam was that in Andromeda. Because I liked Korra. I know people say bad things about Korra. And I liked Andromeda, actually, a lot, despite its several flaws. And there were some, but I liked it a lot. So anyway, regard. I don't know. This always gets. I don't know how that got turned around. But anyway, point is, <laughs> point is, I really dug what I saw. The only bummer is that a very Bioware thing is to have romances and to have romance options throughout, and ultimately you end up with someone, and there's a scene and all this other stuff, right? That that's something they've built up, and then of course the next game remembers it, and yada yada yada. That's not going to be in this game. That's a bummer. But. At the end of the day, that's also fine. As long as that doesn't mean that the relationships between the characters goes away. One of the one of the best things to do in Bioware games is to go from, you know that Death Stranding gameplay footage of dude walking from one to the other? You do that a lot in Bioware games. You walk a lot from place to place in Dragon Age Inquisition. Like, they, there's really, it's a hiking simulator for giant chunks in the map because you're trying to go from one to the other especially before you like unlock you know like teleportation things and stuff like that to kind of beam you from one spot to the other before that you know you're walking from one end of the map to the other and one of the biggest standout features of a bioware game is that you have a crew and it's the wonderful delightful often hilarious banter between them that makes you feel like you're not alone and makes the journey fun 
entertaining. Yeah, you're not really doing anything but walking from one end of the map to the other. To pick up, you know, to kill a boar or pick up a plant or do something, you know, ridiculously mundane. But the journey there is fun because you get to do it with this group of characters. And their banter is interesting. If they can do that, you're not going to have a party all the time. Not going to have those characters. But, but if they can make that to where you've at least got someone with you. Or you're interacting with people enough on your journey to have that kind of conversation and dynamic. Then it's okay. If taking that away though means that, you know, kind of... That that's not really a focus as far as the interactions between characters. Then that's a bummer, like huge bummer to me, because that is that's like Bioware DNA, right? That's like that's in their DNA. That's why we love Bioware games, or that's why most people like Bioware games. I won't say all, but if that is kind of a predecessor to yeah, that's not going to really be in it too. You're going to kind of be going solo. And the only real people you're going to interact with are your friends and people online. Then this goes from a very heavily anticipated game to a game that I will probably rent and give a try. I'll still give it a shot. I'm excited for it. The actual gameplay looks great. But I'm just as someone who games at weird hours sometimes because, you know, my schedule is a little all over the place. And I don't always have, like... When my gaming time frees up can be very inconsistent from day to day. Like, sometimes it's like, oh, I'll game at 9. Others, I'll game when I get home because I got some time. Sometimes I don't game till the weekend and it's like 1 in the morning or whatever. But, like, because it's inconsistent, I can't rely on friends to fill that out. And, and playing with a bunch of silent or, you know, with their stereos on. Jeez, please stop doing that for the love <laughs> of everything. Please stop turning your stereo on and having your headset on because it is stupid no one wants to hear it no one <laughs> please stop doing it if i wanted to hear a stereo i would turn mine on and i didn't so i don't need to hear yours and by the way your headset sucks anyway and you can't hear it so all it sounds like is gibberish or static please stop doing that anyway rant aside so that i'm i'm excited but that does make me a little fearful of, you know, what other things that are kind of in that same ilk could drop from the game. I am hopeful, though, so I'm going to wait and all that. Um, so, real quick, we're going to get to some of pint-sized disappointments. So, no Animal Crossing announcement, which, you know what, now that you said, I didn't even really think about that until I read it. I'm a sucker for the Animal Crossing franchise, so that is kind of a bummer. If it had been announced, my decision to buy a Switch would probably be sealed. Uh, but in on the good front, uh, Smash Brothers was enough. It comes out on my freaking birthday. <laughs> I'm so excited. Anyway, I'm probably going to own a Switch this Christmas. Uh, special Pokemon is not a new evolution. It is Mew instead. It is always kind of a bummer when a new, like a slot like this, which would be perfect to introduce a new evolution or a new character in general is kind of used to you know just like oh but but it kind of also makes sense because like okay this is how i feel every time that there's a new mortal Kombat or there's a new injustice 
and one of the slots or two of the slots are used for characters that we already have and it's always frustrating because it's like I don't want Scorpion in Injustice I like Scorpion fine I like Sub-Zero but I don't want Sub-Zero in my Injustice game use that slot for someone that we don't have right Mortal Kombat is the same way right it was like the Street Fighter and all these other things so it always I get I understand where she's coming from um I also do understand it from a business point of view because yes they could use that for a new character but that new character is probably not going to generate anywhere near the interest or the sales that someone more well known will so yes it bugs me that Scorpion makes his way into a DZ fighting game however that brings with it all these fans who are big Scorpion fans so they're going to maybe buy the game now because he's in there I get it and it's it, I, but I also understand why she's annoying. <laughs> so I totally get that. Uh, her third one is, why does Xbox have the Ori and Tunic games? Uh, pretty much only games other than State of Decay 2 and Halo that makes me want an Xbox. Still prefer PlayStation or Nintendo. So interesting because that was actually something I was gonna touch on. And I'm going to wait because I, I actually, I'm going to wait and hold off on that until she comes back because that is something I actually want to talk about. Uh, I have my own thoughts on Xbox One's, I'll say their, their E3 showing, but also just their, their tact, how they're, how they're approaching this generation in general. And, uh, I left, I didn't leave frustrated with Xbox because I, as if we're going to go ahead and say it i agree with her in a lot of ways i agree with the fact that xbox one has like one or two games gears and ori and the uh like the new ori game looks absolutely gorgeous uh tunic looks really interesting but i'm never i would never play that anyway probably like i know me (laughs) i'm probably not gonna play that but uh but of course, like Gears Five, right? There are there's like one or two games that I want it for. But they in this E3, lots well, to say it now because they didn't give me any reasons to buy one. They gave me one. They didn't give, but they didn't give me any other reasons. Like they gave me Gears Five and said, "This is awesome," and I'm like, "Oh my god, I gotta have Gears." And then like the Halo trailer. Eh. Uh, okay, it's fine. They didn't even show anything. It's fine. Whatever. Um, you know, Cyberpunk's gonna be on like everything. Like Cyberpunk is a multi-platform game. It's not just Xbox. They showed it at their conference, but you know, it's the same thing with like Kingdom Hearts. Like Kingdom Hearts is gonna be on everything. They just showed it at Sony's conference, right? In years past, not this year. But um, well, they didn't debut it this year, but you know what I mean. So you know, like State of Decay two. Yeah, that's interesting. Like that, and I remember playing the first one, and I enjoyed it. But you know, there's not this compelling. Like, Nintendo gave me reasons to buy a Switch. Like it, they gave me Smash, and then they gave me like Pokemon, and they gave me other stuff that was like I kind of want to play that. I kind of, but they gave me Smash, right? But there's they've built up a library of games you can only get on the Switch. Zelda, Splatoon, Donkey Kong, like they, like they, Kirby looks, I, I played a little bit of Kirby and I was so, that game is so stupidly charming, it's, it's, it's absurd, <laughs> it's absurd how charming that game is, and then they give me Smash, like, 
oh my god you know like it's they gave me reasons ps4 spider-man last of us ghost of tsushima these are like you know and then just recently right we can't even forget that you know jeez oh, a month and a half ago two months ago god of war came out right like these are these are games that i want to play and that is a reason that i'm gonna buy a console like, these are multiple games over the course of a year two years or whatever that like i there's always something in the coming down the pipe that i want to play and that i would buy a console for like those are those are console buying games and and Microsoft has won. <laughs> they have one that they showed this year. Infinite, you could count it. Okay, so two, <laughs> two, because they showed that. It's a tra It's not even. It's the teaser, right? But okay. So like these are console buying games, and Xbox One. I want to buy one. It's not for lack of wanting. I owned a 360 throughout most, like not yeah, most of that generation. I owned a 360. And I loved it. I, this is not coming from like a place of like, you know, PlayStation rules all or anything. I'll buy the system that has the best games with kind of the best price and kind of the best software mates in the middle and whatever, right? You, you grade it on a bunch of factors. Not one necessarily one thing that sells me on the console. But having a number of games to play is like a huge thing. That was why I was always bummed about Nintendo consoles because the last couple of generations they're they've been terrible as far as like first party exclusive games that you want to play that you cannot play anywhere else and you know it was like oh once a year you're gonna get one and then that's it you're, gonna, <laughs> you're barely get anything else like and man xbox one i want to buy you please give me a reason to buy you please because i want gears 5 but i cannot justify 300 dollars for a paperweight aside from a month out of the year. I cannot justify it. It's not going to happen. My a switch, my switch. I'm already look at that. I'm already envisioning it. I'm sure that's part of some like self-help guru thing. I'm already envisioning my switch in my hand. But like that's like I can already see, right? Like switch, I'm going to have multiple games to play right out of the box. And I'm excited about that. It's multiple things. PS4 has a a great lineup of interesting stuff coming down the pipe and that's you know like i'm not counting final fantasy 7 remake or anything like that because they didn't show it and i can't say oh yay for that and then point to infinite and give them shit after <laughs> like i want i want to own one i want to own an xbox one i just need microsoft to give me more than one reason why i cannot justify paying for a console for one game Everything else I can play on the other console I already have. There's no incentive for me to pay another $300. None. I cannot do it. Switch, he's given me a lot of reasons. I can, I can, I can sell that. You know what I mean? I could, I could do that, and I wouldn't feel terrible about it. So yeah. So anyway, that's kind of where we're, we'll go into more detail about it next week. Uh, so before we go. Uh, I want to give some shout outs here. Uh, so for Pint Size, she wants to give a shout out to the Bossed Up podcast and the Unladylike podcast, as well as SMNTY podcast. Uh, boy, she listens to so many podcasts. I, I think I, she listens to more than me. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but she listens to way more than me. Um, and then also she wants to give a shout out to the show Troll Hunters, which uh, through my buddy Charlie Ridgely, I understand to be an incredibly charming show. And uh, I, one of these days, I will actually get around to watching it. 
because it's on Netflix. And uh, I could have watched it all this time, and I haven't yet, so that's, yeah. For my shout-outs this week, I'm going to go the comic route. Um, there's a plenty of good stuff to read uh, from this last week and from this upcoming week. This week, of course, like this coming Wednesday, which uh, right now it's Monday. Um, the, what is the day? 18th. So... On the 20th, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 28 releases, which is the next chapter of Shattered Grid. Oh, I cannot wait. Uh, that This series has been fantastic so far. Um, also, if you have not been in on the loop, a lot of big things are coming down the pike, uh, kind of starting in September for the series. So after Shattered Grid, we'll be beyond the grid, and that kickstarts uh, Marguerite Bennett's uh, new, like, she's gonna take over as writer from Kyle Higgins. I am excited. I cannot wait. This is kind of something that I was gonna talk about, like, as a main topic, but honestly, E3 was kind of so big that, you know, I didn't really have time. I mean, you see where we are. <laughs> it's an hour, and I'm by myself, and this is, should, you know, should make you feel sorry for my wife. because uh, <laughs> I can talk about this crap all day. So, um, for now, instead of kind of shoehorning it and and stuff there's a lot to talk about there so i'm probably gonna just do like a smaller podcast somewhere during the week after that issue drops which it drops wednesday so maybe like thursday or friday i'll drop a smaller show and uh, just talk about power rangers um and who knows screw it if uh you know if i like it i might just do it every week because <laughs> i mean there's always stuff to talk about power rangers every week but I'm excited for this issue. Uh, lots of great things coming up. So if you are interested in any of that, uh, head to the Power Rangers Hub over at comicbook.com. If you need a couple of uh, picks for last week and this week, uh, Domino came out last week. That series has been... I've loved it so far. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Gail Simone fan. So uh, pairing her with Domino, I was hopeful. Um and I, it's so far, it has lived up and surpassed uh, what I've wanted. So very happy about that. Also, ended up reviewing Flash for uh, comic book, and I gotta say, I wasn't really keeping up with it before, and I caught up, caught up and kind of got up to Flash War, and it has been really damn good. I'm not a Flash fan, like I'm not a big Flash person, like just in general. Like something against character, I just he's never, I've never gravitated towards him. So. A lot of the Flash specific events I've enjoyed, but typically I've enjoyed them like despite the fact that they're Flash events, you know, like Flashpoint. I liked all the other stuff, but the actual, the actual Flash stuff in between, like, you know, like Thomas Wayne and, you know, the war between like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, all that stuff, the surrounding stuff made it more interesting than me giving, you know, a crap about the main Flash, right? Like whatever happens, happens. That's how I've been in a lot of Flash, like, events and, and centric things. And so this is actually none of that. It's very much focused on the two main Flashes. And I am very pleasantly surprised at how much I am enjoying it. So uh, very much recommend. Also, if you're looking for something kind of uh, classic fantasy adventure type of book, uh, I really recommend Rose. Uh, it's over at Image. And um, that book has just been... I, I look forward to that book every month. And no, you're, it's not going to, like, break boundaries or... <laughs> it's not, like... You're not going to leave that book saying it's the most 
original thing I've ever read, but you're going to walk away with a smile, most likely, and you're going to walk away wanting to read the next one. And it's just it's a very solid, enjoyable book, and I, I, I tend to like kind of classic fantasy adventures like that. And the characters are charming, and it's, it's interesting. I, I like it. It's got a very, like, epic feel to it. And uh, I dig it. I dig it. Um, also, uh, if you're looking for something a little different, uh, Ether, uh, the Copper uh, Golems, is hitting its second issue this week, this Wednesday. Definitely recommend to pick up. If you have not read the first trade, it's out, so you should totally do it if you've got some disposable income. Fantastic. It, it's so... It's just charming, original, and and everything like it, it. And there's, while it's upbeat, in certain respects, it's a very sad story. In others, like there's an emotional weight to things, even though there's all these bright colors and and witty banter. There's a there's a very emotional core in every issue, and and there's there's some very sad things and some very poignant moments so more than recommend that as well so if you're looking for some stuff plenty of other things are coming out this week and plenty of other stuff came out last week but that's just a small thing so anyway you can find us on chasing geek on twitter you can also find us at chasinggeek.com where you can head and check out all the episodes you can also hear us on itunes on google play you can also download the app you can download the podbean app uh, for both iOS and Google Play. Uh, you can also hear us, of course, on iTunes app and all that other stuff. Um, you can also go to Nightavoa CB on Twitter and Pitesize Ginger on Twitter to follow us individually. And you can also find us, of course, at Chasing Geek on Twitter. So if you want to hit that up, you can hit up all three and make our day. Uh, send us questions, suggestions, anything you want to see on the show, anything you want to talk about. If you disagree with us, cool, keep it civil, and we will totally discuss it because that's actually what makes the show interesting. So uh, without further ado, have a wonderful week, and uh, catch you on the flip side. Deuces!